podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and uh, welcome back to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. Um, episode 14 now, but I think the, the, the number that's probably jumping out to most people is the three consecutive defeats now since the return to action uh, post-World Cup. And yeah, I, I must apologise as well before we get into this episode. You can probably tell by my voice. Um, still not feeling 100%. So after last week's episode, after the Liverpool game, I thought it was a hangover. Turns out it's probably not quite a hangover or maybe the, the beers up in, in Liverpool are, are really strong. I'm not quite sure what. But yeah, apologies for my voice. What I'll try to do is get the other lads uh, talking a lot more to, to take the pressure off me. Um, so that's what we'll do now. Um, Jordan and Jack, as ever, join me on the podcast. And we'll start with Jack today. Mate, how are you doing? Are you OK? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm uh, a little bit better than I was last night. I must admit, I did have a bit of a meltdown after the game. Uh, last night um, but yeah apart from that all good yeah so I was watching from the comfort of my home last night I know you two were there and I, I woke up to well I mean it's not the only Leicester group chat I am in but but of course you know lots of messages and, and, and people you know very concerned now and I think probably rightly so um, Jordan are, are you okay are you fully over the, the Liverpool hangover yet because um, you know on on New Year's Eve you were so hungover, you thought it may be even worse and it might not actually just be a hangover. Um, but you look you look good now. Are you, are you feeling all right? I feel good, mate. Um, yeah. After the podcast, I was uh, I didn't go out on New Year's Eve. I was in bed, watched Match of the Day begrudgingly mm. and uh, felt fine ever since. And yet, yesterday I drove to the game, uh, only had a couple of pints and drove. So um, I was probably slightly more positive than Jack. I was trying to... Con- uh, cajole him in the group last night but unfortunately the worst thing was we missed Michael Smith's nine data in yes the, in the final so um yeah I'm good mate I can you know I can empathize with you I don't think it's a hangover for you <laughs> yeah um, no it's, it's, it's definitely for a not. few days yeah no I feel absolutely dreadful I really do um yeah and when, when your your job is also to to talk every day and get up in the middle of the night uh, yeah, it's it, it's dragging on this one, but I think lots of people have got the similar similar illness at that time of year, isn't it? But look, let's not talk about my woes. Let's talk about the woes of of, of Leicester City. So, so Jack, we'll we'll start with you then, mate. So, uh, a one nil defeat to to Fulham. Personally, I thought that we did more than enough to to win that game of football. I mean, it, obviously, it's a really really disappointing result. Of course, it is nobody can dress it up as anything other than that. But I thought that actually we were really unfortunate not to to win the the game of football and and ultimately paid the price for a, for a poor first half and you know a, another goal a sloppy goal can conceded. But I thought other than that we were we were value or good value to to win the game. Um, yeah, I mean you could say that. It's my positive uh, spin anyway. It, it's it's more positive than you normally are, Jake. Mm, I, um, <laughs> I the first half as a performance I thought was was woeful. Yeah, um, it was. It was, and and I get that we had a couple of you know in the first five minutes, two players that were meant to be starting weren't starting. 
um, and had to be changed. So I, I get that that's disruptive, but it's, it's just really basic stuff. And, you know, there's players not tracking that. There's players not running. Um, and, and there was so little momentum. I mean, he, the first kick yesterday um, went out for a corner from them. And we, we just sort of conceded a corner really easily. There was so little momentum. And that that's the second time at home it's happened. So, so yes, you can say we're unlucky, and and I agree with you on the balance of play that that we should have should have won the game or at least got a point. However, you, you do make your own luck, and when you start games like that and you make mistakes like that at this level, you're going to get punished. and And Fulham knew what they were doing. They, you know, wasted a load of time, which the referee didn't really. You know, there were a few token yellow cards and things like that. And it's, it's it's frustrating in that respect, but at the same time, I just when you, when you start games like that, you're on a on a hiding to nothing, and you know there's some real worrying signs for for me last night. I know I know we'll get on to that, but yes, I thought we showed a little bit of spirit for the last half an hour, but it, it's nowhere near good enough. And I said a few few episodes ago, I think you know we're we're in danger of being dragged into a relegation fight. I think I think we're in one, and I think the next sort of six weeks are are looking really tough now. Yeah, no, it's 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 not the result we wanted, and we touched on it, didn't we, in the, in the last episode? How critical this this next period and this next week is, and you know the home game against Fulham. It was it was a great opportunity to to get something, and and not all it all it does is put even more pressure on on the next game. And and, and Jordan, you know, as Jack just mentioned, those those two injuries, you know, Dewsbury Hall in the warm up, and then Booba five or so minutes in is is not going to help anyone. But at the same time, you know, it has been a theme with Leicester that we we start really slow. And just in general, the intensity and the and the tempo just doesn't really quite seem there. And you know, this isn't something because the players are tired or you know, or they're missing players. It's it's just it seems an issue within the team that they, they don't really get going till the second half. And just in general, that the tempo's just not really there in comparison to teams we come up against. You're on mute, mate. You're you're on mute, mate. That's the first time we said that on this podcast. Well I am done, on mute. Jordan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think uh, I agree with you on on this, Jake. Yeah, I think. Um, firstly, I thought a lot of the, the reaction last night was quite over the top, to be honest, because I thought on the balance of the game, we were by far the better t- team. And, you know, if there is a, a, a problem, it is starting very slowly and it seems to be at home. The frustrating thing is for me um, is that you know what Newcastle and Fulham are going to do. They're just going to come here for a clean sheet. And you can't give sides at this level something to defend because as we've, as we've seen with Newcastle, and even more so, Fulham, the um, time wasting and gamesmanship that goes on these days um, kind of gets unpunished and, and that plays into their hands. And obviously, then you've got a mountain to climb going a goal, a goal down last night, two down against Fulham, uh, sorry, two down against Newcastle. But I thought on the balance of play, we, we certainly deserved at least a point, if not three. I mean, if Perez, I felt so sorry for Perez last night, that chance. Uh, in the first half, he tried to take the leather off the ball, but just, just side foot it in. The pace was on the cross. Um, I thought he was our best player on the night. So um, he, he had a shot turn around the post. Obviously, Tielemans hit the bar. Vardy's had a couple of chances. One he certainly should have scored in the second half. And, you know, I, I, I did say I thought if we'd have got level, we'd have probably gone on to win it. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the slow start, especially at home, are, are very concerning. And, Two more injuries, it looks like. I felt sorry for Brendan in terms of his, his whole game plan seems to have gone in the warm-up with KDH, who, was, as we said, was good up at Anfield. He gets injured. 
he has to play two holding players and then Sumari comes off. Um, and I thought indeed he was particularly poor, but that said he was thrust mm. into a game that he, did, he didn't think he'd be starting. And, you know, when things are not going for you, they're really, you know, they're really not going for us at the minute. And it seems we're back into September where we've got the next league game, we've got Forest. And back in September, we had one, had we, was it seven or eight games and we had Forest at home. So it's almost a mirror of the start of the season. Again. Yeah. And obviously yeah. the World Cup has come at a really bad time for us. We were chatting before whether whether it would help or hinder us. And um, we've come back and lost lost three games on the bounce. But that said, I think we deserved at least a point, if not three, last night. And we deserve something at Anfield. And it's just it's just frustrating. It's not going for us. I, 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 could, I could understand why people are so frustrated and disappointed. Mm. And, but a lot of the things I've seen didn't reflect the performance for me they just reflected the result and I know you know we should be we should be doing better against Fulham at home but that was a game where I thought we deserved something out of it yeah no Jordan I I, I agree mate and, and I saw a stat actually yesterday which was quite concerning as well that, that basically every game that Leicester have conceded a goal in this season um, they've not picked up any points um, from so you kind of know already that if, if Leicester concede they're, they're going to lose the game of football which is is really concerning in this Clearly something that, that Brendan needs to arrest in terms of his in-game management and his tactics, that, that when we go behind, he needs to do something because because clearly something isn't working. Um, but Jack, on the balance of play yesterday, Leicester did have the best chances. I mean, Jordan mentioned Ayosi Perez's chance in, in the first half. Vardy had a couple. We had one one-on-one, which he really should have done better with. Harvey Barnes one-on-one absolutely should have, should have done better. Uh, and Tiedemann's had a couple of great efforts, you know, not you know, chances missed as such, but you know, he was he was unlucky not to have not to have scored. So, you know, we could have scored two or three and, and that's not on Rogers, is it? Um it's it's almost like it's one of them days. Or am I being too am I being too soft no, and am I being too generous? It, the game in isolation is is one of those days, isn't it? Um and I I'm not that you know I, I I like the manager, I rate the manager, I I he's not culpable for you know players missing chances and we missed plenty last night whether I mean their keeper made it made a good save I mean uh, the point I I I think you alluded to there is like his in-game management and I'll I'll call this and I I stand by this the 11 he put out last night I think is when once Sumari's gone off is the worst 11 we've had since we've been back in the Prem this time and I say that you know, the players like Vardy and Albrighton in the team, they are not the same players as, as they were. Brendan is is playing with a very, very poor set of cards. And for me, it goes back to the recruitment and, and the levels. And I listened to Pipes on the Radio Leicester on the on the way back and he was saying how, you know, Fulham were, you know, their, their players were quick and strong and, you know... Um, we're not we're not like that. I think I think we're we're paying the price for. I wouldn't say poor recruitment, or maybe a combination of poor recruitment and then a lack of recruitment. But he's got nothing on the bench to change it. I mean, the only the only real attacking player he can bring on is Ianacho currently, mm. um, and he he tried, but it's it's too late in the game, and we have to change the entire system. He's he he hasn't got another winger on the bench that he can bring on. You know, Albright, Albrighton's fine. He's honest. He's he's not going to change a game. And he he actually talked about you know this is why I want a winger because we don't create good enough chances. We haven't got that. You know, without Madison, we we haven't got anyone that's really going to unlock a 
a deep block in terms of a, a defence. So, you know, I, I, I see other people's side when, when Brendan go, oh, we, when they say, oh, Brendan spent money and he's not spent it wisely. But, you know, he hasn't spent money for 18 months now. Hmm. And, and it's really starting to show that's it's a poor 11. And I know, I know, you know, when our best 11 out, best 11 is out, we're a really good side. But we're without six or seven players now, which is what always happens this time of year for us. Our injury record's horrendous, and we should probably talk about that as well. But it just comes back. This this side needs investment. It needs it quickly, and it, it just needs a lift from somewhere. So, so yeah, I, on the balance of play, yeah, we were unlucky. But, I, you know, I, I, I don't think we can have too many complaints when we're giving away such sloppy goals. Yeah, I mean, we we have touched on it a couple of times already in terms of the the overhaul or the massive change that this team is going to go through in the next twelve months. But just to to, to kind of reiterate once again, we've we've got seven first team players out of contract this summer, um, and then you have the situation with James Madison. I think we can be fairly certain he's not going to sign a new contract, and the likely scenario is he leaves either in this window or in the summer. Um, you've got probably the need to replace Jamie Vardy. You need a right winger, which means you've still got two, so you probably need two wingers. We know we need a left back. We know we need a centre-half. And you can probably argue you need a goalkeeper as well. <laughs> and and there's players then within that, and I've not mentioned the likes of Yannick Vestergaard, etc., who the club are going to want to move on. So at a bare minimum, you are in the next two transfer windows going to have to sign 11 or 12 players and within that group of players that you're losing that includes your club captain Johnny Evans it means Jamie Vardy is going to have a backseat role and arguably your two best players or certainly right up there with with Madison and, and Tienemans the change that this team is going to go through whether you like it or not is absolutely massive and it scares the living daylights out of me Jordan because I almost fear that the the club I mean I really hope there, you know, lots is happening behind the scenes to, to to make sure that they're fully prepared for this because this this has been happening for a while. We know this is happening, but I won't lie, mate. I'm absolutely terrified because so much is so much is going to change in this next year or so. I mean, potentially for the better because we know these changes need to happen in certain areas. But you know, there's a lot they need to get right in a very short period of time. Yeah, um, it, it's obviously a hugely transitional period for us and we're at a, a huge crossroads in terms of the playing staff. But, you know, I think we all know, we all knew this time was going to come. Um, and obviously it, it's arrived. And I think, you know, a lot of people seem to, to you know, Jack included, think that we're in a bit of a dogfight. I still think that we're, we'll be okay. I don't think, you know, we're in the three worst teams in the league. I'm watching last night. I don't think we're nine points worse off than than Fulham. Um, but Fulham really interesting one because when they've come up before, they've spent money and just gone straight back down. And the recruitment's been very poor. Looking at it this season, they've signed some real quality. And I thought Mitrovic up there was excellent and something that we were crying out for up there. Someone just to give us something a bit different, hold the ball, bully defenders. Um, and I think he, he's a player that would have would have really fitted our mould. But yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of players out of contract. Um, I thought Brendan last night did what he could with the cards that he was dealt in terms of off the bench. I don't think he could have done any more. And going back to the summer, I know he was kind of throwing his toys out of the pram, but it, it looks as though he was he was spot on with what he was saying because um, 
I mean, we've got seven injuries and you can't really legislate for players doing their ACL again and uh, their Achilles. You know, these are real freak injuries that are serious. You, I don't think you can really legislate for that. The little niggles concern me in terms of, you know, I think KDH felt a groin or something in the warm-up or, and then Samari felt a twinge. And it's like, I mean, how, how much of an injury is that that you can't just carry on or... Where's that? Where's it? Like, how are the professional footballers getting these little niggles so often? It's very strange. Mm. So that's obviously something that is concerning the, the injury record. But when you've got seven out, um, and you know, Jack said, I think it was Anfield, or I think it was Anfield. You know, Rogers is getting a tune out of some of these players that ordinarily would probably be on the bench or nowhere near first team football. And I think you combine that with everything that's going on at the club. And the lack of confidence in all the players is is evident to see. And it is a real transitional season for us. And I think, you know, success this season looks like mid-table, three or four in, in January if we can. And then it's going to be a huge, huge overhaul mm. in the summer. And, I mean, I, for one, trust Rogers to be the right man to do that. Um, I don't want to go down the, the route of talking about new managers uh, again, because I trust Rogers to get it right, and we, we as a club, we need stability, and we need to back someone to make this overhaul in the playing staff. Uh, and I think Rogers can do that. So obviously, we've been linked with the lad today from Copenhagen at left back, so he's trying to address that, and I'm sure we'll come on to that. But um, as Jack said, I mean, it seems to be above Rogers for me in, in how we've allowed ourselves to get into a situation where a lot of players are simultaneously out of contract, particularly. Tielemans and Madison, which are the you know the two of your best players, are probably going to go for a pittance. Not too bothered about the others, to be honest. But yeah. it shows a bit of a lack of ambition. It goes back to the summer for me. It you know for whatever reason that happened, but you know momentum shifts very quickly in football. Whatever the strategy was in the summer, it wasn't a very good one because we're no. in a bit of a mess now. And you know we. We sold two first-team players in the summer. And it's easy to forget about Schmeichel. And I didn't think Schmeichel had a particularly good season last year. But he was our club captain. And and we're missing missing characters around the place. I couldn't agree with you more, Jordan. I think, you know, the fans are starting to get on the back of Rodgers. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. But for me, Rodgers has been absolutely spot on in what he said about what this football club needs for over a year now. and. Yes, he may have been involved in signing Bertrand and Vestergaard, but I mean, we spent a combined 15 million quid on them. And, uh, you know, every manager signs poor players. I mean, Puel signed Benkovic for 12 million, who never played. Like, the, these things do happen. He said, you know, the squad needs um, uh, needs five new players in the summer. He was absolutely spot on. Last night, he, talked, he was talking about XG and saying our chance creation is not high enough. He was saying we need more pace in the team. He was saying we need bigger players because that's why we're not good. He knows all of these things. He's not sat there ignoring these with his head in the sand, to quote Nigel Pearson. It's really obvious. And having not sacked the manager, we now need to give him some money to spend because otherwise we're going to get ourselves in a real mess because... And this is where I do disagree with you, Jordan. There may be three worse teams than us, but all it takes is for one of them to spend a little bit of money or one of them to change a bit of their manager and all of a sudden they've got a load of momentum and we're we're in a right mess. Like It seems to me there is a continuation of not making a decision on anything and just hoping things will be all right. And it it just continually 
gets worse. Like we we had a little bit of a you know uh, an uptick in form pre international break, but they're still the same players. They're still you know crying out for some for some fresh blood in that team, and the, and the manager needs that. And the whole I mean the whole stadium needed a lift last night, and it wasn't getting it from that team currently. So they need to find some money. For, uh, from somewhere else because you know even if we don't go down this season we'll be in the same problem next year and uh, uh, you know a bit like Everton are now so you know someone somewhere needs to make a, a decision to back him yeah I mean I've just got an interesting thing about Conte um, which I heard at the weekend obviously Spurs are it seems as though they're in a little bit of limbo as well and Conte said you need to spend 60 million every window to compete and that is obviously you know top four top six and I don't think we're far off that in terms of you've got to be looking to spend 30 40 million a window to stay competitive um and you know I don't want to come across like a Rogers fanboy but I, I had a little wobble after the Tottenham game admittedly but you know th- this manager has got as challenging for Champions League football in two seasons ultimately fell short because of the squad depth effectively one is the FA Cup so this is a really talented manager for me and who can get a tune out of some some good players. And it, 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 the onus is on the people around him to give him that squad that he can work with. And th- this is a real pivotal month for us now, January. The next six fixtures look horrendous. But as I've said before with Leicester, you never know. It wouldn't surprise me if we got some good results in that. But, you know, we've got Gillingham and then Newcastle, a welcome respite in the cup for me. But... <laughs> You know, worst case scenario, we could be out of both cups and in the bottom mm. three by the end of February. Yeah. Best case scenario, you could be in both cups and you could be in a cup semi final and things look a bit different and you've got three or four players in. Um, so it really is a, a kind of pivotal moment in the season for us. But like you say, Jack, we last night was crying out for a bit of positivity and it just, it, the whole club just seems so negative it, it just seems on its arse at the minute <laughs> yeah and, and and a quick one on the transfers as well and lack of um i wasn't aware of this but again i heard this last night but leicester haven't made a permanent signing in january since 2018 um and we've alluded to it as well in terms of the the last few summers we haven't improved the team at all i mean valve face was a is, was a good signing is a good signing but but the reality is, is with losing Schmeichel and Fafana, the squad is weaker than last season. And then the summer beforehand, you know, we look to improve the squad, you know, the squad size in terms of the depth with the likes of Vestigand and, and Bertrand, you know, Dakar and, and Sumari. And, and ultimately, at this point in time, none of them have worked. I know you can make an argument for a couple. But point being is, is that the team has just not improved in, in terms of the starting eleven in in three years. And it hasn't improved uh, since Rogers has been here. Basically, yeah. the first season he, we made some decent signings, but beyond mm. that, it's not improved. And 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 at Premier League level, it's just you cannot operate like that and expect to to not get embroiled in a relegation battle. I mean, I said it a long time ago. It's probably a little bit more than is is necessary. But I, I've said that you need to spend a hundred million pounds to almost stand still sometimes as a Premier League football club because that's what everyone else is doing. You know, and then unless... you've got to get it right as well, Jay. Yeah. You can spend that money and you've still got to get it right as well. Absolutely. But but you, you haven't got a chance of, of of getting it right unless you're willing to to invest. And, you know, there was a, a good question actually on, on, on Twitter from, from Josh, LCFC Josh. Um, you know, we've spoken about maybe backing Rogers here and we've questioned maybe the heart and, and quality of the players at times. But, but Josh says, is it time to start questioning Top's ambitions for the club or is that still premature to say? He says, I'm in no way saying that I want Top to sell, but 
I am beginning to question whether he has the club's best interests at heart in the last 18 months. Now, I don't agree with the second half of that in terms of having the, the best, um, having the club's interests at heart. So I think he absolutely does. But I do think there has to now be a conversation to be had about, you know, his, whether it's his interest or whether it's his financial capabilities, whatever it is, he isn't as 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 present as he once was and the money isn't being put into the club like it once was. And there are now, for the first time since the ties took control of, of the football club, question marks over the ownership. Um, I suppose the question to you two is, is, is that fair and is it right now to start having them conversations? I, I think I agree with you about the second half of the question. But yeah, I mean, there's clearly going to be questions when the money seems to disappear and you know by and large they you know they've invested a huge amount they've invested a huge amount into the the training ground you know our operating model has been to sell players every every year I think that the challenge with the operating model is that we sell players and we just don't seem to reinvest that money and that that may be where the questions arise maybe that's because we spent too much last summer but like you said, you can't sustain a Premier League football club by having zero net spend every year. You know, we're in the bottom three for net spend over five years. And yes, there's extenuating circumstances on that. Yes, we've spent a lot of money on wages, but, you know, the operating model's not not right. And it, it's funny, a year ago, you know, Leicester was the model for, you know, a well-run club. You don't hear the same stories from from those journalists now, do you? No. Um, and, and look, you know, they... They have been amazing owners, but um, ultimately they're, you know, tops of businessmen at the end of the day and will be making business decisions. As a fan, that's extremely frustrating because, you know, we'll be here, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years time, you know, whether that's the same about the ownership, I don't know. Um, whether they feel it as much in, in the same way, I, I, again, I, I don't know. But it is, it, it, there are lots of questions and I think they're, you know, they're, some of them are fair questions. Like, you know, we've got a question the ambition at the moment, it was about challenging the top six. I, It's not that now, clearly. So, like, what what are we meant to believe as fans of, of this football club? Is it just about avoiding relegation and staying in the division? That's that's pretty underwhelming, if if that's the case, given, given the game that's been talked about previously, I would say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Jack, you probably know slightly more on the, the ownership, etc., than me, but I don't think anyone is immune from criticism and um, obviously, I think we can all agree Tops had a very turbulent time and obviously with COVID affecting King Power, we don't know the finances and so on and so forth. Um, one thing I will say is you look at the, we all know what they've done for us, but from winning the Premier League and then winning the FA Cup, playing in the Champions League and playing in Europe, we were on the cusp. It felt like as fans, we were on the cusp of breaching the elite and we got so close and then we kind of fell away a little bit for various reasons, and now it's it's like like Jack says, what what what's what's the next step? Are we just happy to stay in this division? Um, it's a difficult model selling your best player and then trying to get the next. I think I've said before, cab off the rank and sell them for loads of money as well. It it works in principle if the players you're bringing in are of a good age and develop and are good enough, like Madison. It doesn't work if you run the contract down and they go for a pittance and then you've lost your best player for nothing. And, you know, it reminds me of Southampton all those years ago where they did the same. And they, I mean, look at them now, they're bottom of the league. And 
I can't remember. I think they went down and came back up. But even if they stayed in the division, they've been on a downward trajectory for years. Um, Everton are another one who are in a similar vein. It looks like at the minute that's the, the trajectory we're aiming for instead of going the opposite way. I mean, I, I, we could be wrong. We could spend a bit of money in January and loads of money in the summer and top half again at the yeah. end of the year. And, and it, it it's fine, but maybe there just needs to be a bit of clarity or a bit of ambition. And, you know, sometimes, I, I, like we said last episode, I failed to get carried away with signings these days because half the time I've never heard of them or seen them play. But sometimes you get three or four in and the whole squad gets a lift and the fans get a lift and it changes the whole dynamic of the team. Mm. And, it just thinks, oh, we've got a bit of ambition. We're bringing players in. And interesting what you mentioned, Jack, earlier about Vestergaard and Bertrand it is what a lot of people forget is they cost 15 million between them. And it's not a lot of money, is it? But nothing. he's, he's it's, hammered for that. And I know yeah, they weren't not, good. Is it not more the wages, though, with both of those two? Yeah, but that's you, the thing for they, me that they, every Premier League player is on decent wages. Like, mm. You know, the, the wages that they quote, you know, our average wage, if you take the finances, is 60 grand a week, which includes all the youth team players. Like, we don't pay our players, you know, for cheap and neither does any Premier League club. So, you know, I, yes, they're probably paid too much for what they do. But then, I mean, every footballer is <laughs> paid too much for what they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, we, we've had absolutely loads of questions come in today. So so thanks, guys, for them. We've got other bits and pieces to do. I'm, I'm conscious that, you know, we're going to talk about Leicester losing and maybe a, a lack of ambition, it being a rather miserable you know, hour listen for, for all of you, which I really kind of want to avoid. Um, so I want to do a couple more questions before we before we move on and, and do some other bits and pieces. Um, this question from from Sam Parry. So it's, it's away from kind of transfers and, and Fulham. Um, Sam says, uh, loving the podcast, lads. Um, he wants to hear your thoughts on this. He goes, personally, I can't see any leaders in our current squad. And um, I, I said it after the, the Newcastle game, how concerned I was by that, because it just felt that the moment we went down, you're kind of looking for somebody to do something and nobody did anything, you know, and um, it was something that's been levelled at the squad beforehand, hasn't it, by management. Um and it feels that yes, Val probably is a leader, but but still, I'm looking around that team, and there's not really anything, is there? It's 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 really quite concerning. So when we talk about transfers and players coming in, um, somehow he's going to have to find some some leaders as well, isn't there? Because you know, am I am I missing anybody? Am I doing anybody an injustice here by not calling them a leader by by missing them out? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, the the two for me are Wow and and KDH, but. You know, they don't seem to have been thrown the armband, whereas everyone else does. But I couldn't agree more. I think we we lack leaders. We lack a cynical bastard in midfield who can annoy the opposition. Like, we're not. We're, we're a nice side to play we against. We are too, too nice. Ro- Funnily enough, Roger, new, Roger new started having a little Fulham. bit. Yeah, Roger started having a little bit of a go at Marco Silva last night. And I was like, go on, just, yeah. like, just, just do it. And, he, and he, then he took a step back and I was like, no, mate. And, and Stowley was having a go like he always does. But I, I just, honestly, you need people, we need people that scare them a little bit. And I include the co- uh, the coaching staff in that as well. Um, so I, I couldn't agree more, really. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously we sold Casper, Vardy's in and out of the team. Evans was made cap- club captain, who's always injured. Or Brighton's vice captain, who never plays. Yep. I feel sorry for Yori, who looks exasperated completely with everything going on around him and what happened to Belgium in the World Cup. He looks like he's come back and he's just mentally completely drained. 
I don't blame him either. KDH has got a bit of fight. And and I agree with Jack. Like I absolutely love Argentina. And I when I went over there, I just love the way they play. Not in terms of like, I mean, the, the, a great example <laughs> is, is the other week, Boca played in a cup final and they got seven cent off. Because they were losing <laughs> and, and they got the game abandoned, but I'm not. I'm not saying get seven cent off. But they're just a set of bastards. Yeah, and, and you you need one or two. I mean, look at the way Fulham played last night. They were they were horrible. Yeah, and they won. And sometimes and, you you just need that, like you know, Paredes in the World Cup booting the ball at the bench. Like you just need one, and it'd be lovely just to see someone in in that midfield, like really, really horrible, but just a bit of a leader. That, and no one, you know. A tackle lifts the crowd, doesn't it? Sometimes, and then, yeah. and then the other team are. Just, I ain't messing with these. These, you know. See, the thing is, I, like, I hate it in terms of you know that sh- shithousery, you know, the time wasting and all of that. But the problem is, is that we are literally the only team who doesn't do that. <laughs> and you know, I, I said it so so many times. I used the word soft. We are so soft, and it's just like. Yeah, I, I kind of don't want them players playing for my football club, and I'm proud in many ways that we're not like that. But at the same time, uh, it's coming as a detriment because the referees aren't clamping down on the other teams doing it. So if they're all getting away with it, then then we almost need to go and drop ourselves down to that level. Um, George, you're very popular this week on the questions. I've got a couple directed to you. Um, first one uh, is from Sam. Uh, he wants to know, uh, question for Big George, would he sacrifice the top knot? Um, to score two goals for Leicester this season. If so, which teams would you like to score against? I like that. And yeah. well, the a bit different, yes, right? Yeah, the answer is yes, because I'm getting a trim. This, oh, are you really? Month. Yeah. Oh, new oh, new wow. year, new me. It's It's been 10 years, but it's going. Are you doing it for, um, for, for charity or anything? Can we sponsor getting rid of the top knot? It's, 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 it's you. Well, no, last time I cut my hair, I did actually uh, send it off to charity, yeah. which you can do. Um, that's a good question. It's, so it's probably Premier League goals. Yeah, well, I'd imagine so. But you know, if you've got a particular reason for it not being a Premier League team, go for it. We, you, you make the rules. I mean, first of all, it's got to be at the City Ground and at Forest in front of yeah. the Trent End, giving it the Vardy Cup in the ears. Yeah, um, and, and another one. Who would you? Who would you one. score for City I against? Could, I could pick like eight teams that I don't like. <laughs> Man- Manchester United, Old Trafford again from okay. the Stratford End. Um, I think we should open that up. I like that question. Right. So if you were to score two goals for your beloved City, who and why? Uh, and another question, the last one of our listener questions. We've had loads, so sorry if I haven't got to yours. Uh, this one's from John. And again, it's it's for you. Um, hi, guys. Long time listener. First time caller. <laughs> Just wanted to know what Jordan's views are on the stewarding at Anfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely no, no, I'll answer for you. No comment. That's definitely a fake account that's been set up by one of the lads. Well, I mean, you follow each other on Instagram, so I'd imagine not. But John, thank you very much very, for the question. Very efficient. Very yes, efficient. yes, very efficient. I like that word indeed. Right, that's enough of the miserable stuff um, for now. Uh, we're going to do uh, the return of, of what Jack's been finding and reading on the internet. Uh, we will talk transfers and where, as, as well. Uh, Rick Flair has the as the lowdown on this potential new signing, uh, Victor Christiansen. But before that, uh, let's have a quick game of Who Are You? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? 
me again this week, isn't it? I've only got one right. Correct, yes. So, I mean, we had double bubble last week because um, I got Luis Hernandez on, on the first guess and then we did another... No, actually, it wasn't the other way around, but Paul Henderson, Rick Flair got, didn't he? Yeah, um, that was so, second. Yeah, yeah. So, so we did two last week. So why Georgia... is it Jordan? It should be you, shouldn't it? Is it? Yeah. I, 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 I thought... No, it's fine. When you, when you sent it around <laughs> earlier, I was like, it's definitely you, Jake, but... Right, like 14 episodes in one. here. I, I, I thought... Correct me if I'm wrong, or I, um, I may well be wrong, and if, if I am, then fine, because I also have one kind of semi-prepared, or I can blag it. Um, winner stays on. So if I win, I stay on, in terms of guessing. Is maybe, that not maybe, how it works? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's I might need long. to listen back to... It's been a long day. Yeah. yeah. Our own think, podcast to find out the rules of our own game. <laughs> I think Jake's winning, and then the guests are up there as well. I mean, I've only got one. So, Are you, are you actually yeah. keeping trap? Because again, it's it's a game that we're doing each week, which technically you should be scoring, but I'm not scoring. And yeah, we don't even one. know their own rules. I mean, I've got I've got one. I've prepared one. Do and it, I, I then, mate. Do it. Let's do it. I think it's a tough one whether you... Like, I think you could get it pretty easily, but I'm going to go... On a scale of one to rogue, how rogue? It's, it's not that rogue. Okay. I, I mean, with this game, because we were moaning the other week that they were too rogue, I think <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just pointed out that they were very, very, very rogue in recent weeks. But I think it's the questions that, that make it. Not yes, because I remember there. first week I did Michael Morrison and he played a lot for Leicester, but it took both of you a while to get there because I think you know I gave you kind of not a lot, you know, in terms of the in terms of the questions. So yeah, you're right, Joy. It depends how seriously you take your role as quiz master. Yeah, um, well, let's be honest. Most of the time, we're just trying to blag it on the day. But yeah, we right. Forget. Anyway, first. Yes, clue. come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is a good one. His dad was once the coach of the Singapore national team in the 1990s. That feels like it's such a rogue thing. It's exactly the kind of thing that one of us would know, but I don't know. Jack, nothing from you. I've I've got an idea, but I think he was the drummer in Chiwadi Wadi rather than, <laughs> rather than. I want to say Steph Oaks because his dad did do something, but I'm fairly sure his dad was in Chiwadi Wadi and he wasn't the Singaporean national coach. Um, it's not Stefan Oaks, is it? It's not Stefan Oaks. It's not. Oh, okay. Right. This this is. I mean, that's about the only good clue I've got. <laughs> I finished my career at yeah. Shrewsbury Town, where I scored once in 22 games. Hmm. And dad was manager in the nineties. So, so if his dad's manager in the nine, well, no, it doesn't actually necessarily give away an age, does it? Because he could have been really old or really young in the nineties. Um, all right, yeah, still no idea, mate. Carry on. Um, I was born on January the tenth, nineteen eighty four, in Houston, Texas. Oh, again, that feels like we should know. Someone, so he's he's late thirties, so probably just recently retired. Born in the states, you should get you should have got this by now. I think, right? Yeah, there's, there's going to be people listening now. Yeah, probably... this is annoying me. Mm. So there's two more clues. So I'm going to have to make them a bit more obvious, right? So despite being born in the United States, I yeah. spent most of my life in Singapore and Runcorn. But despite being a fan of Man United, I joined Liverpool's Centre of Excellence at the age of eight. Why do we not know this, Jack? Started at Liverpool. Started at Liverpool, Sad. late 30s. Dad managed Singapore, born in America. 
these are all really very. It's too. It's too. There's the amount of players that have played for us that are four years older than me. It's quite high. Houston, Texas. This is a really right. I, I, I'm deliberately making it quite hard now. Instead of like the, I've not even mentioned Leslie yet, am I? No, because I don't. I don't even know. It. So the thing is, the clue <laughs> you've not given away, which is the giveaway, is what. Oh, I've got, it. Us. I've, no. got it, I've got it. I've got oh, it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Go on. It is that way. Oh, oh, it's so obvious as well. <laughs> I just just popped into the into the mind. I think it's who's yeah, of got course, some. Because he played for America, didn't he? Yeah, and I remember well, him being at Liverpool, and I remember him playing for Shrewsbury, and then and, Houston. Yeah, yeah. and in and it took sad, far but, too long. Yeah, but inside, but good news is, um, I think it's. I think his dad went. Um, he's got uh, Alzheimer's and went missing last week or something. They found him. I'm going to check this before I spread really? malicious wow. rumors. But yeah, he uh, he did an appeal on Twitter. I'm pretty sure of this. Wow. My next clue was going to be: I was called into the the USA senior camp against Argentina and Paraguay, but I was un, unable to play due to injury. Yeah. So he, he never actually played. Yeah. Well, Barry Barry Whitbed went missing on December the 28th. But he's fine, he was, yeah. Yeah, he's fine. He's all fine. What are the uh, odds he's, on got, that? He's, he's got Alzheimer's. That's yeah. But yeah, he's, sorry. Uh, power Maybe of Twitter. Maybe subconsciously, it. I've seen that, and that's where it came yeah. from my mind. But it's not, even, it's, not even, not even subconsciously, George. Maybe you just saw it on Twitter. I just read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, but it's, it's it's interesting you say that he, he never played for America because he he was injured, and um, you know I remember when he played for Norwich as well, and he was unfortunately one of them players that his entire career wasn't he was dogged by injuries, and it was the same at Leicester as well, and and people w- would always say that. You know, he should have been so much better. And you could tell that he was a hell of a player and used to speak to people who, who played the game. Um, but unfortunately, injuries were, were, were what they were. But um, yeah, he he played, he played for us and um, he gave away a penalty, I think, against Derby. Mm. And uh, Pearson absolutely went off at Peter Degree because <laughs> he said, in our studio. Oh, yeah, he, I remember that. And he was like, well, that's because you've got people in your studio that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I miss Nige sometimes. Talk about a bit of shithousery and lacking a bit of bite. You probably had too much. Have I ever alluded? <laughs> there was there was a spell of about six months where, like, I was I was going out quite a lot. My wife used to find me on my so um, on my sofa, um, like coming back with food on YouTube, watching Nigel Pearson press conferences. <laughs> The greatest thing, like, never fails to cheer me up. Like, it's, is good. it's amazing. It's almost like Ric Flair never from last week. Not to. Yeah. Wasn't it Ric Flair writing down random footballers' names and their stats within his wife's diary? Wasn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Foreign blokes' names. And we're going to hear from Ric Flair actually very shortly. He's going to give us the lowdown of um, what uh, to expect or you know some stats anyway a bit of insight on this potential new signing we've been linked with today but before we do that uh jack it is the return of, of your feature i'm sorry i've still not made you any sexy music or That's stab fine. or jingle we don't like need sexy music we don't need music sexy professionals music. like to call it but um what have you been reading on the internet this week that you'd like to bring to everyone's attention so I don't spend a huge amount of time on on Fox's talk, but the, there was uh, one thread that my attention has been drawn to, and and we talked about this a little bit in terms of what's going on with the finances. But um, someone called Lineker's left foot has has cracked it. Um, I'll read it word for word. He said, uh, "I may get shot down for this, but the chap I walk my dog with subcontracts to a very big builder of new houses, beginning with J." Not sure if you can say it on here. The owner of this company helped save Leicester back in two thousand and two. 
as part of the consortium with Lineker back then. So he's quite privy, supposedly, to what is going on. With the death of Vishai, the estate apparently still hasn't been divided up financially. And there is some wrangling over this, hence our lack of money to some extent. So maybe only loans this January. However, he has also let my friend know that Top is looking to sell and the Spurs chairman, Daniel Levy, may be looking to front a consortium to take over at Leicester. Oh, wow. I'm not sure I believe any of it, but hey-ho. Um, well, I'm, I'm, how much of that should we believe, Jack? Uh, well, so uh, sadly, I can tell you that, I mean, I know people that were involved in the consortium back in 2002 and I have yes. asked them if, yes. any, if, if there was a big, bol- big builder involved. Uh, <laughs> apparently not. So it didn't get off to a very good start. Oh. Um, I mean, secondly, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, Levy would have to resign from Spurs and then take over at another club. That would be a strange one. Um, but the, apart apart the from that, is, completely conceivable, I reckon. And the good news is if we do get Daniel Levy in charge, we'll still spend no money. Yes. So. <laughs> we'll have somebody else to blame. That is the, one of the, the, the great ones, isn't it? Which is, you know, I've, I've alluded to the fact before that I don't go on Fox's talk, but I did used to. I don't know why. It's, it's, it's just, it's, I've got nothing against it. It's a habit thing, isn't it? You know, when you, when you yeah. go online, you know, you, you go on Twitter, you go on Instagram. And for whatever reason, I stopped going on Fox's talk many years ago and I've just never got back into the habit. But it is one of them classic stories, isn't it? That spoke to so-and-so, they know them and their sister of the, the gardener and the builder told me this, that and the other. Great source. But, yeah, but, but every now and again, Jack, one of them will be, one of them one day, it's about one in a million chance. I know. The play, but one of these stories Morrison's. will be true. Yeah. My favourite on, their, on their once, someone, someone obviously had a mate that worked at... Um, uh, at the training ground and he he's like no my mate's just texted me Dwight McNeil's at the training ground yeah uh, so everyone was going around being like oh we're obviously signing Dwight McNeil it wasn't Dwight McNeil it was the I can't remember his name Craig Mitch the, uh, the BBC <laughs> presenter yeah, who was Craig. interviewing Harvey Barnes <laughs> and by the way Craig Mitch and Dwight McNeil do, do not, not really look, alike. look alike no they do not look alike yeah no I you know. shouldn't be getting those two mixed up but it's funny yeah. that you you talk about these random rumours and, you know, someone heard this, that and the other. I remember years ago, and, you know, it, it was when I was on that period of going on, on forums. That I can't remember what the website used to be called. It used to be a transfer rumours one. It may literally have been called transferrumours.com or something like that. And people would go on. Anyone could go on and, and write a rumour and you could give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. You know, and if it had loads of thumbs up, that would give you some kind of indication or that it's a believable rumour. And I remember I went, for whatever reason, on there as, as habit. And somebody had posted on there that, that Peter Reed was going to be the new Plymouth Argyle manager. And at the time, Peter Reed had been out of management for a long time. And I was like, that's nonsense. But I had a look at the, at the odds and he was about a hundred to one. So like not a leading contender. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to stick a couple of quid on that because some random person on transfer rumors had said it. And it turned out to be correct. He ended up getting the job and I won a couple hundred quid off the back of it. So somebody somewhere does sometimes know something that's the moral of the story you you owe someone a pint but yeah probably yeah um, probably do you remember um because i think twitter was kind of the death of fox's talk for, for a lot of people. yeah i'd say so um, but i used to love it but do you remember the nicky maynard thread on fox's talk oh, that was no. the longest, it was the longest one ever wasn't it? i don't know this yeah one. it was every tra- every um window it was we're going to sign nicky maynard and well, then, yeah, I remember that. He'd go somewhere and then bang in loads of goals. And he'd be like, yeah, this window we're going to sign Nicky Maynard. And we never did. <laughs> we, he, and, he, and he wasn't he, that good anyway. No, he wasn't. No. Scored goals for crew. 
we we should get Alex back on to do his like top ten foxes talk thread of all time because there've been some absolute classics. Yeah. I don't know why no one's ever explained to me the gag about the Prince of Punjab pub, but that's that always comes up, um, and I don't really know why. And then there's another one about Craig Levine sending a scout to India. Um, <laughs> I, I don't get either, so it, we might need to get him on to come and explain them. Well, I'm sure he'll have all the the numbers and analytics. I'd I'd love to know like you know the most popular posts and, and threads of the last twelve months. Um, that would always really interest me. Um, so look, we, we we mentioned you know Alex or AKA Ric Flair from Fox's Talk. He was on um, last week's episode and, and was talking transfers. He he loves it to, to say the least. This is a guy who spends his well, frankly, probably by the sounds of things, too much time on the internet, um, googling and researching footballers, and um, you know, putting their stats together to, to basically work out if he thinks they'd be any good for for Leicester or not. Now, today, finally, uh, we had a name linked with with Leicester. It's a left back. Um, it plays for Copenhagen. It's Victor Christiansen. Is is that right? I yeah, think so. that's that's yeah. the name, isn't it? Well, for everything um, you need to know, uh, here is Ric Flair, who's uh, been devising or devising is that the word? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Putting together a load of numbers. This is what Rick said. Victor Christiansen from Copenhagen been heavily linked to Leicester today. Very promising. Uh, his best assets probably how aggressive he is both defensively and going forward. Although his end product needs a lot of work, um, you can see that by he seemed to burst onto the scene a couple of years ago, uh, got three assists in nine games last season, four assists in 19 games, and this season, uh, on the end product side of things, it does need a bit of work, but he's got high stats of dribbles per 90, progressive runs and passes, and defensive duels, tackles and interceptions are really strong. I can see why we'd be linked to him, and he's one that, I think could come in and and really help move us on, probably complement uh, our defence and going forward. I'd say Ric Flair rating, eight out of ten. Go for it. Go on, boys. <laughs> so there we are. Uh, an eight out of ten rating from, from Ric Flair on Victor Christiansen. So look, we haven't really spoken about him much on the episode. We alluded to the fact we've been linked to him, but I'd imagine that's mainly because nobody really knows too much about him. Um, but, but Jack, off, off the basis of, of what we've heard from, from Rick and you know, probably looking on YouTube this afternoon when we saw the link, um, are you excited by this possible transfer? Um, well, I am now. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I must admit, I've not watched the obligatory YouTube video yet. I mean, you know, the, 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 the stats look very good. The fact that he's 20... He's, I mean, I always look up two things uh, when we sign a player. One, their age and one, their height. Um, and hoping they're above... So he's just under six foot. So that's that's decent. He uh, apparently is on UEFA's under 23 watch list or something. Uh, for, uh, for a good reason. He's not done anything naughty. Um, he's, a different he's got list of the one Jordan's on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Irish. The high risk list. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got lovely blonde locks, doesn't he? I mean, what's not to like? Um, I can't say I can give too much of an informed opinion, but he uh, if if Rick thinks he's he's good, then uh, then that's enough for me. Although I would say his um, every player he said that's going to be good for us has been absolutely honking. So uh, so yeah, oh, really? Who yeah. else has he said? Because oh, I'm not. I'm oh, not I can't. I think Cheng is under. He said Cheng is yeah. under would would be a good signing. I think just because he's a left-footed right winger and Rick's accepted yeah, with him. So, he is. 
I, I really, I really can't pass informed judgment on this, but um, he, he sounds all right. Doesn't sound yeah. that expensive either. No, I mean, in Jordan, have, have you been already sounding out how much Christiansen and whatever number he's, he's going to have on the back of his shirt is going to cost you from the club shop? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I Googled him. I'd never heard of him. Um, uh, he looked like he played about 50, 60 games in, yeah, for Copenhagen and he, he'd been capped by the uh, Danish under-23s. But um, what worries me is that he's a similar age to Luke Thomas. Um, that was the only concern. It does sound like the kind of player we should be targeting. And when um, when the results came from on Google, there was, very, there was lots of highly rated youngster and all that kind of football manager talk. But um, no, it's good to see the club uh, have targeted the left-back. And we've got a decent record of signing some pretty good fullbacks recently. Um, I've refused to watch um, YouTube videos, especially of former Copenhagen players, after I saw Dan Amarty dance around the whole yeah. side. <laughs> Looked like the same saying Bolt. To be fair, that, Pelé, was one, <laughs> that was just one video of him. <laughs> he like looked maybe, really yeah. quick, though. Yeah, but a he lot made quicker like a... than what he actually is. I don't saw him in real life and he couldn't no, move. He's, he's not, but he looks like a mixture between Usain Bolt and Pele. And I thought that we'd signed the greatest footballer of all time, and he's just not. He's great. I love him, but he's, no, he's that, not that, what we thought we were getting. It's a fair it? summary. I mean, the, mm. the YouTube videos are misleading. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, <laughs> on, on a more serious note, though, um, you know, we know Brendan's mentioned wanting a left back. George kind of alluded to the fact that he is almost the exact same age as, as Luke Thomas, which, you know, most people would read something into that, Jack. It's a bit damning, isn't it? That, you know, clearly, well, I, the way I read into that is that, that, that Brendan doesn't really fancy Luke um, as a, as a first choice left back. If he's if going to sign somebody of kind of similar age and similar levels of experience. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Um, but maybe that's where he's at. Uh, you know, Luke's a, he's a really good technical footballer. I don't think he's strong enough and I don't think he's quite quick enough. And we do need a bit more physicality around the team. So, you know, particularly at, at fullback, I mean, Castagna does a pretty good job on the right for me. Um, so, you know, if we can get someone in with a bit more height and, and strength, that probably would help. And it, it does sound like he's a little bit more of a threat going forward um, than Luke, albeit in a lesser league. Although I, I gather he's played against Man City in the Champions League and done quite well there. So he's, he's got decent experience in those 60 games, I guess. But... Um, but yeah, it is it is a bit of a um, a kick in the teeth. But I don't think I'm surprised by that because as soon as Justin got injured, he said we need new left back. So Luke yeah. knew where he stood then. Hmm. I mean, for for people who have been concerned about a, a lack of transfers, because we need them. Um, Brendan knows it. We all know it. Um, when we sound when we signed when we signed a vow in in the summer, Jordan, um, there was no rumours. You know, it, it wasn't a, a long running saga. It just happened. And he turned out to be great. And there already feels similarities between that deal and, and this deal. There was no rumours and apparently by all accounts, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but it, it looks like it will happen. It, it does look like the club are quite good at finding a target and going and getting the, the business done and, and not being involved in some long media you know, saga of you know going back in for another bid. Is the player interested? This, that and the other. And, you know, rivaling other clubs for the for the player signature which which frustrates everybody doesn't it because they just think it's it's nonsense transfer rumors but um you know for, for people being concerned that there doesn't appear to be a lot of noise i think this does indicate and the same of the the vout deal in the summer that the club probably are and i'm sure they are working really hard behind the scenes and there probably are a number of players or hopefully at least one or two that that will come in 
come in this month, you just probably haven't heard about it yet, which is almost a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of negativity on this pod, um, but I, I think we should be positive about the club being proactive in going out and getting a left back. And it's not necessarily that the, that the lad's going to come in and, and start straight away, but it might wake Luke Thomas up a little bit and saying, and I've got competition for place now and I need to make sure that I'm starting every week. Um, sometimes it just gives players a bit of a kick up the backside. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he, he looked, like I say, he looks like the kind of player that fits the sort of Leicester model of a player. I think Danish players, by and large, are quite similar skill set to English players. They normally do quite well in, in the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good to see, like you say, with, with uh, Fez, what was that, tied up in about a day. So hopefully we get yeah. this one over the line. Um, the Moroccan lad, is it? Is it Anuha? Is that how you say it? Unahi. Unahi. Looks like he's going Napoli, I'm reading. Oh, you wouldn't blame him, would you? Yeah, no, that's um, that's what I've read today. Again, you know, how reliable that is. I saw Spurs being linked, but apparently Napoli. And yeah. you know, and if we are up against Napoli and, and Spurs, we're not signing him, are we? No, but I mean, like, <laughs> you know, even if they're just sort of rumours that, you know, we've put put a bid in it's not the, it's not the worst thing because you know the club are obviously looking to get a centre mid in get a left back in I mean please sign a right winger this window um, I mean it looks like Lookman's doing the business over at Atalanta and we're going to end up with he's Bogan, a right but... winger though is he I mean he's a left yeah. winger really but yeah. I mean he's, he's a winger yeah. I'll take him we take um, him <laughs> but yeah look we, we shouldn't um, we shouldn't berate the club for trying to do a bit of business because we know we need it. So let's end on a positive. Yes. And, and and we will do, I mean, just Jack, I think the, the last kind of word really on you from you in terms of the, the transfers, we know we want a right winger. We know that we've, we've been saying it for years and we could probably do a center half as well. But I just wonder now last night with the injuries to, to Jewsbury Hall and Sumari. Now we obviously don't know the extent of them. I, I don't think they're, they're particularly, you know, bad in terms of out for months, but, do you do you think that, that that could possibly alter the the club's kind of direction in terms of what they look to do this month now, or probably not? Because we're no, because if you think about it, really well, Mad- Madison's meant to be back in a week. Yeah. I don't know how bad Pratt is. Samari and Dewsbury Hall again, don't know. But then you have still got Mendy. I mean, indeed, he God, he looked awful last night, didn't he? My dog's <laughs> named Wilf. I've not been calling him Wilf all day after that performance. He's been called something else today. Um, uh, yeah, he, um, I can't, I can't. The, the areas that he's identified, I mean, centre-half is the, possibly the biggest one for me. Um, yeah. But, you know, that seems to be the, the third choice one. But like George says, hopefully it's all been done, you know, behind closed doors and, you know, we don't need to be privy to it. We just need to see them in a Leicester shirt and they just need to be decent players. But oh, we need a right winger. Come on, please. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, right. Has either of you got anything else you'd like to get off your chest before we finish up? Jack, your hand is up. Yeah, I, I, I do one thing. We spoke about this earlier, uh, Jake, just sort of, you know, we, we probably just... Um, you know, say thank you to everyone that's listened because, you know, people are listening again and, and downloading, which is great, but also just um, try and encourage people to pass the pod on, mm. spread the word far and wide if they can. Um, it's, uh, it's It's been really enjoyable to do this and, um, and yeah, we're, we're not getting too much abuse, which is um, just <laughs> nice to see as well. But uh, yeah, just, just trying to encourage people to, to pass the pod to anyone that they think is interested. Yeah. And anyone well who wants said. to... To jump on board, they are more than welcome. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you if you'd like to come on the podcast, I mean, I have had some some people asking to come on, and look, we we will get round. We will do bits and pieces like that. But but things like who are you? Um, you know, if you want to come on and have a have a quick game, even if it's just for a few minutes, or if you've got questions, um, do get them in, and we will do our best to to, to mention them. Um, one last thing from me: uh, it's Gillingham this weekend in the FA Cup. Um, if anybody would like my ticket to the game. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to send me a tweet? So, I mean, I I wanted to go. I still want to go, but train strikes me and I, I now cannot get to Kent. Um, so if somebody is driving from somebody or from somebody from somewhere and can go and would like to, I have a ticket. Um, yeah, get in touch and you can go to the, the, the tropical haven of of Gillingham on, on Saturday afternoon for the FA Cup third round. Um, are either of you going, by the way? Are we not doing this one? No. No, I don't think so. Decided to play reserve football on the Saturday afternoon. Oh, very nice. After getting knocked out of the FA Cup by Gillingham. But I've been before and uh, I'm not planning on going back in a hurry. It's not very nice. Yeah, it's an experience, isn't it? It's an experience. But that's the thing. I I, I wanted the experience. But yeah, it's it's, it's not happening. So if anybody would like my ticket, uh, feel free. um, Get in touch. Um, I presume we'll all be there for for Forest next weekend, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. So which we're already very much looking forward to. So look, lads, thank you very much for your time this evening. I hope you've all enjoyed the pod. I think it's been a great episode. Uh, as I said, thank you for, for, for listening. And as Jack said as well, um, do get involved if you'd like to. Um, yeah, we'd love to have you on the podcast. So yeah, enjoy the week and we'll catch up next week uh, ahead of ahead of Forest and, and after Gillingham. So yeah, enjoy the week and thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.